All right, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Sam Tucker. Today we're going to talk a little bit about safety performance history changes that are happening on January 6, 2023. So you may have read about this, seen something about it in, in the popular news press or anything, um, maybe even received information directly from the FMCSA if you're signed up for the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is a big event. Big event is really a non-event um, for almost everybody. The deal is this. Here are the changes that are being made. So effective January 6, 2023, the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse finally contains enough previous employer information to avoid people having to go back to the prior three years of employers and get that information like we previously had to do. And a real reason for the Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse to begin with was the fact that the safety performance history, either nobody was doing them or if they were doing them, they weren't doing them, in a, they weren't doing them effectively because a lot of the prior carriers simply wouldn't respond back to you if you sent the request to them. So there were a number of holes in the system and a lot of people were having drug tests or having positive drug tests or positive alcohol tests and it just wasn't being reported. So all those were falling through the system. So that's why the whole Drug and Alcohol Clearinghouse was created to begin with. So now fast forward to today, three years worth of implementation afterwards has now been accumulated. So we have all this data sitting there. So on January 6th, you no longer have to ask or no longer can ask, I guess it depends on how you look at it, prior employers for this information. Now, does that mean that you don't have to do safety performance histories anymore? No, you absolutely have to do safety performance history still. Uh, and what that means is you still have to contact the last three years of DOT employers for that specific driver candidate that you're talking with. And you have to still check their DOT crash history and general employment information, you know, like dates employed and, and those kind of things just to make sure that they were employed. Um, and, and that's still written to the FMCSA regulations. It's always been there or it's been there for a long time and it will continue to be there for a while. Um, I wish they would just do away with it because generally speaking now, everybody can access um, the accident history or crash history from the PSP reports or pre-employment or screening program reports. And yeah, it costs 10 bucks, but you should really be running a PSP report anyway. So if you're hiring drivers, PSP is a wonderful thing. Um, and, and the general employment information, I mean, yes, you could call and verify that or, or do that. But then again, too, I mean, like I said, with safety performance history, and we still see this with our business too. 90% of the time, I guess it's probably too high. I mean, 75, 80% of the time, we're still not getting responses back from a lot of folks. You know, other vendors like 10 Street um, and, and some other people out there who are doing some different things in the space have improved that a little bit. And you could probably get a little bit easier or more of a response out of some of the carriers who use 10 Street. But at the same time, too, it's still a lackluster response at best in most situations. So, um, so going forward, I mean, it's it's pretty much business as usual. You still have to do safety performance history. You just have to change your forms. If you need a new form, give us a shout. We'll help you out. We'll send you a new form that you can use with your prior employers for your new drivers. Uh, for my safety manager members, everybody who's kind of in our, our network, we actually take care of the safety performance history process for you. So, I mean, the cool thing is, is you have, absolutely have nothing to worry about. So that works out a lot better. Um, there are two situations you might still have to go through and, and do the um, drug and alcohol information, try to get that information from prior employers. Uh, one is a very rare circumstance, and that's if a driver used to work for another um, federal regulated carrier, uh, I mean a pipeline or um, or if they are a pilot in the air or, or a rail conductor or something like that. Uh, the other one, which is actually a lot more common or I, I presume would be more common, is if the driver has an unresolved DOT uh, violation. So if they haven't completed the return to duty process, essentially that means or, or their follow-up program, either of the two then you have to find out the information if you're bringing that new care or the new driver candidate on you have to find out information about where they are in the process and okay so what i mean by that is if you have a driver who has um, a, 
who has a hit in the drug and alcohol clearinghouse. So they may be not prohibited in that case, so they can physically drive, and that's okay. But the problem is, is they're still responsible, or you as the new employer will be responsible for completing their follow-up program or the return to duty test in whichever the case may be. And with that, your responsibilities lie with contacting that prior employer and getting the information about that driver. So uh, we have a client, large client in Savannah, Georgia that we work with. They, um, in their driver qualification, having prior drug and alcohol issues isn't a problem for them. And so we see this a number of different times. And what happens is with this client, you know, that's one thing that we, I don't want to say struggle with doing, but it's, it's certainly adds another layer of complexity to the hiring process is we have to contact the last employer and see, okay, well, we have this driver. He tested positive for this drug test on such and such date. Well, now here we are seven months ahead. Where are they in the process? How many of these tests have they gone through? And if you're not familiar with the return to duty process, essentially once the driver fails the pre-employment direct or fails a drug test, a pre-employment test, random test, whichever the case is, that they have to go through the return to duty process. And that includes going and visiting with an SAP or a substance abuse provider. And that's essentially a, a nice way of saying it's a, a, a you know, counselor or a therapist who can help them talk about their drug and alcohol related issues. And then what they do is prescribe a treatment with them. And part of that treatment plan that they come up with is saying, okay, well, when the driver returns to duty, they have to do X number of tests, either alcohol or drug or both within X number of months of returning to duty. And so as the new employer, your responsibility would be to ensure that all those tests are done essentially to the letter of the law with that SAP's information. So part of that is going back to the prior employer, which you still have to do now, and that's going to continue. So again, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is a big deal. It's lots of changes. And I think it's just kind of a slow news day type situation. It doesn't irritate me as much, but it's something that you have to take a look at and say, okay, well, how is this really going to impact our business? And at the base level, it's, it's seriously the, the largest change to it is you just have to update your form that you go back and, and do the safety performance history with with the prior three years of employers. So that's essentially the deal. So if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to us. I'd love to help you out with this or any other issues that you're finding with your fleet safety or DOT compliance. If you need help, give us a shout, 855-211-5550, or check out our website at www.mysafetymanager.com. Talk again soon. Be safe. Welcome to CSA Basics. CSA Basics. The podcast where we talk about all things related to safety, compliance, and insurance for the trucking industry. We're here to help you save money, save time, and save lives. Now, here's your host, CEO of Carrier Risk Solutions, Sam Tucker. Thanks for listening to the CSA Basics Podcast. Please rate and subscribe to make sure you receive all of our future episodes. Also, be sure to check out www.csabasics.com for more great ways to help improve your fleet safety and DOT compliance programs. See you next time on the CSA Basics Podcast.